You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is Grant. And guess what? We're back. Today's episode, we're going to talk about adulting. And to help guide our conversation about our real life experiences, we're going to use one of our favorite TV shows, HBO's Girls. Let's get into it. I don't know if people do this now since they realize this show kind of was, okay, this is going to sound bad, but sort of didn't hold up to the test of time. But were you a Monica, Rachel, Chandler, Ross, Joey, or Phoebe? See, this is a trick question because I was none of them motherfuckers. <laughs> I was at times a Maxine, a Regine, or a... Damn, I forgot her name now. Oh, you thought you were so cool. <laughs> I thought I was so slick. That That's the cast of Khadijah. Girlfriends? No. Shit. The, the cast of Living Single. Living Single, there we go. Yes. I always get those I two confused. But yeah, uh, I've, based off of Friends, that whack-ass show, <laughs> and don't at me, or at me, shit, I don't care, I need the, the traction. <laughs> I would say I'm probably, I think I want to be... Like a Joey, because I want to embrace my carefree side mm. and like have like a, be an idiot savant with my ambition. But in actuality, I am a Monica because I have a connection to everyone through some means, whether it's friends, friend of a friend, relationship, like as in closeness, like a brother or sibling. Um, and then like I kind of my whole life is based off of my neurosis, like. And, and, like, how neurotic I'm going to be. Whether that, that neuroticness leads to fun or whether that neuroticness leads to, like, success and organization or the neuroticness leads to, like... Besides that in. one closet. Huh? The Monica closet. I don't know this. I don't know this show. Oh, like okay. <laughs> I don't know. That's included the Mariah Carey meme. It's like, I don't know her. I don't know her like that. Okay, yeah. so Monica's supposedly, like, really, really uh, clean and organized, but she has one closet where all of her junk goes it's called the monica closet and it's all fucked up yeah that's where all of that energy goes that uh, disorganized energy (laughs) i think i wish i was a joey but i'm definitely a ross but i also might just be a phoebe uh or am i not cool enough to be phoebe i think you i you definitely kind of you give me phoebe vibes you look you definitely one you look like you're phoebe's son yeah. Um, Lisa Kudrow could be my mom. Lisa Kudrow could be your mother. Um, but I would say probably, yeah, everybody wants to be a Joey, I feel like, because he's yeah. like the hot one who's like funny and goofy and still gets laid. Uh, him or Barney from, you know, the, the regurgitated fucking show that everyone loved, How I Met Your Mother, mm. which was like, this is just friends with like less love handles. Uh, <laughs> friends, but with a twist. Yeah, friends with a twist. Like <laughs> friends, but they're like on a keto diet. <laughs> the, I would say Phoebe with little hints of Ross, because yeah, you you sometimes want to be like the one in charge, but it's like no, stop. You're not. You shouldn't be in charge. You actually are just as like you're not. You're not the like voice of reason. You think you're the voice of reason, but you're actually best friends with Joey and Chandler. Let's be honest. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, how reasonable am yeah. I, really? How reasonable are you? You actually are a nut. So yeah, yeah. that that checks out. Well, 
really, we just started this as an exercise to lead into our main topic, which is which of the girls' characters are we? Are we? Well, I didn't even, I mean, this was definitely, we don't plan most of our conversation. So we ended up picking people that are siblings. So that's that true. should tell us about our relationship. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're friends by necessity, not because of. Damn. <laughs> Brothers from another mother, Bro- so to speak. Yeah, there you go. No, okay, yeah. So what who we're gonna talk about girls, the HBO hit HBO show from what, like the started in like two thousand ten? Yeah. Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham. I don't know what she's doing now. She's doing something. She pops up in T V shows and movies, but Yeah. She's nothing, a, nothing she's an eccentric character. She's not a central character. Anymore? She's an eccentric character. Eccentric character, absolutely. Like she, like I feel like she always pops up in plays. The last role I think I saw her in was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that was random as fuck. Yeah, she was like a part of the cult, the Manson clan. Yeah, part of the Manson clan. She was like a, one of the like older kids. Yeah, who, like ran shit. Um, yeah, but girls on HBO back when HBO was not even like streaming yet. This yeah. it was. Good television. That was the first show I ever watched on HBO, I think. Truthfully. Same. Well, I watched True Blood. Oh, that's true. I watched almost the full season of True Blood, but on DVD. So Okay. Yeah, way so I, back. I got like three seasons of True Blood, and then I was like, this is too much. It wasn't too much then, but I was still in the closet. So like I had to pretend like it was too much. And I stopped watching it. <laughs> like, like I'm attracted to everything on this show. Yeah, me, me now I'll be like, oh yeah, it's true blood. But like back in Bakersfield times, you gotta be like, oh, this is this show's getting so weird now. Like they're like attracted to everyone, bro. Like turn this off. Oh, do they get Polly on that show? Polly. Polyamorous. Do they? I, I feel don't like know. vampires are naturally in that state. That's true. Yeah, there was vampires like, started as polyamorous. There was like one monogamous vampire in the whole thing, and that was uh, Bill because he oh, was yeah. obsessed with Sookie. And yeah. that, that's it. He's uh, just yeah tied to her. <laughs> but yeah, so True Blood and then Girls. Yes, I also kind of agree. It's one of the first shows that I watched from like season one all the way to the end, and they had big ass spaces in between where like there wasn't a season for a while. So like we we're like, what the fuck is going on? We're the, we don't even care for these characters anymore, and then it would come back. Oh, do they have like do they have a, a hiatus or two in there somewhere? I feel like it. Mm. There was a time skip or something, especially after you know. I mean, this is gonna be a bunch of spoilers. So if you haven't seen this show, it's not a fucking like suspense show where like you need to know who killed who or who. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna spoil any of the mystery or the 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 thrills and chills of girls for you. Yeah, and like even if we talk about someone being married or something, and you're like, oh, I didn't know they were gonna get married. Don't worry, you don't know what's gonna happen throughout that marriage because everybody gets married in the show pretty much. I, also, I would be willing to say that if someone is married on the show, they will likely not be married by the yeah, end. Yeah, by the end of it. Like, I think everyone gets married except for Hannah. So, Girls, basically, is a show about four white girls. It's four white girls, right? Mm-hmm. And they just the whitest of the white girls. I and, remember the first season got criticized for being very white and not even trying to include a person of color in the main cast. I'm, like, in retrospect, in hindsight, I'm like, thank God a person of color wasn't in this trashy-ass show. <laughs> Thank you for like, like not letting us like succumb to that. Okay, before before we criticize the show, because uh, there's plenty of criticism that's due, I think we need to say how much we love this show. Oh, it's going to come out throughout our conversation. There's yeah. no way I can be able to talk about this show obsessively like I'm going to without being a super fan. Yeah. 
So so anything we say, it's out of love. Out of love. Like <laughs> Lena. Uh, we love this trashy ass know, beautiful show. Allison and uh, Zosha and and everyone involved. Yeah. Like don't worry, we love you all. Like I I've I watched this show. It's probably the only show that I will watch a whole season over and over and over again. I've yeah. seen seasons one, two, and three probably at least five times each over and over and over again. Specific episodes within those seasons at least ten times each. Oh, yeah. And then episode like two or is it episode two or three on season five I've seen at least a hundred times. Oh, three. Episode three. three. There yeah. you go. Japan. Oh, my God. I watched, like, I will watch the show over and over again like something going to change and nothing changes. Yeah. It's still good, though. It's like, so good. We watched a couple episodes this weekend and it was so good. Yeah. So how a show of four white girls, like fairly affluent, white, privileged white girls in New York is uh, relatable to me? I don't know. Like, I was so critical of Friends. Like, oh, this, this Friends is so not real. I can't relate to the show at all. But then I watch Girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. But, but there is something completely different about it. Maybe it's just because it spoke so specifically to, like, our time, like, in college and growing up. But something about it, it just feels different. Yeah, I feel like they're kind of like, they're our age group, at least my age yeah. group, most definitely. So, like, it, it's easy to relate. Like, 20-somethings trying to find their way. And it might end up being one of those shows that doesn't stand the test of time. Like, it's so specific to a generation that, like, you watch it kind of similar to Friends, like, a couple, you know, decades later, and maybe it doesn't hold up. But I'm willing to bet it'll still hold up. Oh, it still holds up. Like, just rewatching episodes now for this, I was like, oh, it still holds up. Yeah. At least in my bubble. Yeah. That's my bubble true. where like anti vaxxers and racists don't exist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world. <laughs> but yeah, so Girls is a show that we definitely can relate to, definitely love a lot, but we're gonna we're gonna try to relate it to adulting in the real life and being ourselves. Yeah, because the show is is basically about adulting, right? It's called Girls, but it's more or less like about like growing up. Yeah, it is about, like, or lack thereof. Yeah, yeah. And, and the struggles of, like, not realizing that you're growing up. That is so true. That's so true. And that's so relevant to adulting in general. It's just the the concept of adulting is kind of a, a, a new thing for millennials, I guess, of, of not being forced into, you know, extreme adulthood right away with the house and a full-time job and, you know, heteronormative relationship marriage right right out of the gate when you're like 20 maybe that's some people's reality but for us on the coasts not so much um and so adulting is like this new way of thinking of like oh yeah i'm i have to grow up and and change my ways and and you know become what i'm supposed to do as a quote end quote adult i feel like the being an adult now doesn't it's not forced upon us like Sorry for the, the analogy, but like, hey, we're in 2021. Let's, you know, let's be progressive. But I feel like becoming an adult back in when our parents had to become adults worked just like ministration, where like it was like it's, it occurs naturally almost. Like you don't have an option. Like mm. girls get their periods at this age. It happens. You're growing up. You got to figure it out. You got to get tampons. You got to learn about your body. You got to navigate the world because they're going to probably look at you differently. You're going to feel different. There's going to be some pain, discomfort, but this is the way of life. Like it, it worked like that. Like almost like you knew you were getting married. You knew you had to get a white picket fence. You know, there might have been some yeah. things that got in the way like sexism, racism, and all those other stuff. <laughs> Fair. But yeah. for the most part, the 
the point of entry for becoming an adult was a lot different. Yeah. One, things were cheaper. Or yeah. the cost of living was different. We weren't uh, burdened by hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not tens of thousands of dollars of student debt, which I think is probably the, the defining thing about our generation's delayed adulthood. Yeah, but there's also a bunch of adults who didn't go to college and still like, still fucking up. Yeah, there was a bunch of adults that didn't go to college at that time and made a living wage. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, and we're fine. Yeah, that's why I, it's like when people like, my friends are like, oh, I don't, don't go to college, it's just a waste of your money. I'm like, you say that, Bill, but like, you still ain't shit either. So at least I ain't shit with the degree. <laughs> like, <laughs> at least I can look at my degree and be like, oh, well, at least somebody knows I ain't shit. At least the dean of this college knows I ain't shit. Yeah. Or I'm better than shit, actually. I, and I think, like, that that is a, a benefit for sure, but I think it's something that we need to take more mileage out of. <laughs> that, like, it's, it's good to, like, have a degree so somebody at least know you're worth something. Yeah. Yeah, versus just being a... a pointless piece of shit floating through the wind like a plastic bag. Well, see, I'm not <laughs> out here trying to say people without degrees are pointless pieces of shit. Like, I just, let's just be clear. I'm like, not saying it either. I just wanted to have my baby moment. I felt like, I was like, why can't I have my baby moment? Oh my god. And just double down. Yeah. come out and support me soon. It'll be fine. Okay, yeah, yeah. He he may. He may bend to the, the iron will of the Iron Throne, whoever right. that is. We're going to touch on that in a minute, but uh, not right now. Uh, <laughs> we, I, got, I have words for that. But point is, it was a lot easier, or sh- not easier, it was a lot more straightforward to be an adult when our p- people of our parents' generation were coming into the workforce, and definitely their generation before them. Yes. Not saying it was easier, but I'm saying it's more straightforward. Yeah, because I think that's the misconception is everybody, each generation likes to get mad at each other. Like, no, we worked really hard. We picked our shells up, our, boot, our bootstraps and shit like that. And we talked about this the other day. Like, shoes don't even have fucking bootstraps anymore. So, one, we can't do that physically. Yeah. So, stop telling us to pick our, like, ourselves up by our bootstraps, fucking Jebediah. We ain't had that motherfucking shit since you were a sharecropper. Like, calm the fuck down. So, <laughs> one, like, I, I got vans on. So, like, yeah. I ain't got no bootstraps. Uh, two, thing, we know that things have changed. The way how the world operates, whether you want to believe in science or not, because for the people that believe in science, they understand evolution, climate change, they understand the world is changing, that babies grow into children and children grow into teenagers to adults and then die. They understand science. But if you don't want to believe science and want to be a wacko, also you should just know that like day turns into night. And like so, like time goes by, like things, like things expire in your fucking refrigerator. That fucking there's a natural law of entropy that yeah <laughs> applies to the universe. And yeah, things you're, decline. If your dumbass like believes the Earth is flat, if you sit your ass at the computer for twenty hours straight, you will get back sweats. You will and, get flat. Yeah, and you will get flat, and you will gain weight, and you look ugly. Okay, I'm, I'm just coming in hot. Yeah, this is spicy takes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm projecting because like of the pandemic. But yeah. no, I just think that no matter what you believe in, you understand that things will gradually become more difficult. So you have that on top of just the way how we receive information and knowledge and how technology operates now. Throw that also yeah. to the mix. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, like it, it might seem simple to people of our generation. Like remember when there was all, or people to our parents' generation, like remember when there was all those, uh, millennials are, are killing this X, Y, and Z industry, um, because we're just different 
consumers than like people of their generation and they blame us for everything it might seem like it's easy to get a job at like some internet company and just like oh now i'm like really successful but it's like not at all like what industries are we killing like we killed the racism industry. The <laughs> That's what they're really mad about right now, it the seems. The anti-climate change industry. Yeah, the oil industry, I think, they, we yeah. genuinely are about to kill. But that, everybody is about to kill that industry because, it's like, why do we need to take something out of the ground and burn it when we can harness the energy of the sun? I oh, my know. God. <laughs> uh, but... So, speaking of harnessing the energy of the sun, let's talk about... <laughs> what an amazing transition. Thank you. This is, like, not even... It's not even a transition. But in Girls, we're going to start with... Are we going to start with the first episode? Well, I, I wanted to start with you and I picking which characters we'd be, but I think we should discover it as we go. Okay. Well, we need to give a quick breakdown of who the characters are. Yeah, we need to tell people who don't okay. know the so characters. Okay, so there's, there's Hannah. I don't know the first and last names. I can't think about them like Just that. the f- first name, basically. Okay, Hannah. Her last name is Horvath. I remember that. But Damn, she's like a like? fucking... She's very entitled. She doesn't have the average appearance that you would expect someone to have that is a leading lady in a TV show. Most of the Especially time, for that time. For period. that time. Like, you can take another show like Gossip Girl and you have Blake Lively who's like, you know, real thin and like blonde hair. You know, I'm a girl's girl, like that kind of thing. Or you could have, you know, Felicity from, uh, that was, what's the actress's name from the, from the Americans? But anyway, mm. I can't think of her name right now. But Carrie Russell? There you go, Carrie Russell. So you have those kind of characters leading shows. But then Hannah Horvath, played by Lena Dunham, who is also one of the writers of the show, creator of the show, she's kind of, she's full-figured, she has tattoos on her body, she cuts her hair a lot on the show, all kinds of fucking ways. And she's not afraid to show off her body either, because oh, yeah, it's she's, HBO. She's butt-naked in the first episode, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. So they let you, they set it up how the show's going to be. But yeah. then there's Marnie, who's played by Allison Williams. Uh, she does kind of fit that generic um, leading lady kind of archetype. Yes. She, and it, it works because the actress is the daughter of Brian Williams. So she, like, is, comes from, like, an affluent, you know, notar- notable name. Right. Um, and she's, like, this brunette girl with long brunette hair. She has her perfect little boyfriend who's so sweet to her. And every, she, everything is nice. She, she has an Erin Condren, like, planner. If you don't know what an Erin Condren planner is, then your life is not organized and you, you're irrelevant. But <laughs> look it up. But she, she very much is a girl that shops at the container store and buys all those things, like the containers that have the words on it that says cookie and salt, and they're all in the same font. Mm, she's yeah. that kind of person. She shops at Ikea. Um, and I feel slightly come for, but I know I know how this conversation ends, so... Oh, it's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know, we know where yeah, we're going. Yeah, we know who is who at the end of the day. We know where we're going. Yeah. Uh, and then there is Shoshana, who is my favorite character, uh, which I want to be her, but, you know, we got to do what we got to do. But Shoshana talks uh, super fast. She's like a Jewish-American princess type girl. She has... She's is still in college while in the most of the show, like for the first three seasons or something like that, she's still going through school because she's like a little bit is slightly she, younger than me. Yeah, I was gonna say she's a little younger, right? Yes, because she's a friend to Hannah through Hannah's best friend, who I haven't said yet. Yeah. But Shoshana talks really fast. Sex and the City is one of her favorite shows. Her room's all pink. She's the girly girl. She probably has like a stuffed animals all over her bed, you know. She probably had a Neopet or two back in the day. Like mm-hmm. this girl is she, me. 
Huh? No, I, I had Neopets. I mean, we're pretty much all four of them, but yeah. Shoshana's great. Um, then, oh, she reminds me of Gilmore Girls because she talks really fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And would you say that she's like kind of like an archetypical um, smart college-age person who would be like a fan of the show? Like if, like if Shoshana was in real life, like she would watch Girls and Girls would be her favorite show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She, yeah, she binges the show. We're yeah. friends with her. We know her. Uh, <laughs> but then the last girl who is also one, I guess they're all one of my favorites, but this girl like is Jessa, who is she like actress wise, she's related to uh, other actresses, musicians. She's very bohemian. She is the only character that actually has like a British accent in this like slightly explained only like with a couple episodes because her dad is also has British, but yeah, th- like how they got there, how her citizenship operates. Is it dual? Is it is like none of that is never explained. explained. Um, she, but she just is like, they describe her as she just like blows in every other season and then like sleeps with someone's boyfriend and then like vanishes. Yeah. She's um, a very like of worldly world traveled type character comes in steal your boyfriend very very good character yeah Yeah, they all have their quirks but they none of them are similar and with their their most extreme quirks are very different that's true makes them good foils to each other yeah and then so those are the four girls there's some other characters that we're probably going to touch on which is adam played Mm -hmm. by adam driver so most people who have never seen girls probably like, who is this deep voice troll looking man that's like in Star Wars and all these movies? But and like gorgeous troll. He's a like, gorgeous troll. Yeah. Like he, I look at him, I'm like, the way his face is shaped, he looked like he was made out of Play-Doh. But <laughs> also like, I would have that like, Play-Doh statue on my dresser and stare at it all. And day. you want him to like pick you up like Atlas holding up the world. <laughs> like, yeah. Just hold you like a baby. Hold me like a baby, Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So it's yeah. very interesting. He has like huge pecs and it's a lot of going on. Huge nose, huge ears, huge teeth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that shot of him in uh, Star Wars with his shirt off was. Quite... Oh, when he had the pants really high as hell. Yeah, uh, I hated that. Oh, I you didn't th- like I hate, that? I mean, I just hate that high waisted like fist of cuffs from nineteen twenty two like look where it's like high waisted like, male jeans. Yeah, it's like a Clark Gable looking ass. <laughs> I hate that shit. But anyway. Yeah, so there's Adam Driver. His name is Adam in the show, too, So because they, they're fucking creative. Yeah. And then there's also Elijah, who we're probably going to talk about. A lot. Played by Andrew Reynolds, who yeah. was like one of the original cast members of like a lot of great Broadway shows. Most uh, prominent Book of Mormon. People don't know that. But, yeah, he's gay in the show. Very fucking funny. So he's going to pop up. But out of the four girls, who we think we are, based on even just what we just told you guys now, I want so badly, my heart, like, heart of hearts, mind of mind, souls of souls, want to be Shoshana because she's just fucking quirky and, and witty and quick with it. And then I want to be Jessa because, like, she, she goes with the wind and she just, she's so eclectic and poetic and all this, but it's like, bitch, nope. I understand reality and I'm Marnie and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like during different eras of knowing you, I would have picked the different versions. Like, I would say, like, a couple years ago, I maybe would have said you were a Shoshana. Um, and maybe when I first was... met you, I would have said you were a Jessa. Um, well, shit. What, what time period was that? So I can remember to go, like, to try to relive that again. <laughs> but maybe when 
we were like in the middle, like in the middle there. I thought you were a Hannah at some point, but why are you a Marnie? I'm upset by that. Probably <laughs> when I was in a relationship with he, she, she who, she who should not be named because she's married now. And they're trying to throw under the bus, but yeah, I was that probably, was your Hannah. That phase? was my Hannah moment. Gotcha. Um, because I was like in and out of that relationship like five times. Yeah, that's that sounds, that sounds yeah, accurate. It was a nightmare, but. What but why just, are you Marnie? Why am I Marnie? Yeah, tell tell our, our devoted listener. I am Marnie because, well, I don't have the relationships like Marnie. Marnie's very relationship driven in a show. I don't have those those sexual, intimate relationships like she does. But when it comes to friends, I do operate that way. Mm. Uh, how she how she treats friendships, I feel like I operate where it's like my loyalty sometimes can be so loyal that it enters a space of like. Of neurotic or like uh or like obsession where it's like i'm a good friend and i'm there for you why can't you fucking understand that and i flip out people at people because like i'm like i am a fucking good friend but then people you're like why don't people understand how good i am yeah that kind of thing yeah so most people won't want to admit that shit but i don't give a fuck anymore you know so but that's that's yeah I, i i can see myself being that i've done that even to people in my family like, that's why I, the, the tension comes up in, in most family relationships or falling out with friends. It's not, I fall out with friends because of the disservice or lack of acknowledgement of my friendship. Mm. I never stopped being people's friends because, like, I just hated, they said something really mean to me. Or, like, I hated them for no, like, you know, there's no, like, we didn't fight or anything. It's just because we got so distant. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> So so here's so there's two two points here. The okay. first one is we have an exam we have multiple examples of of this happening in the show uh, from Marnie's character, which we can talk about. The first one is in the episode se- uh, season one, episode seven, uh, sh- um, episode titled "Welcome to Bushwick," aka the Craxident. The, okay, this episode. This is how I've discovered girls because my. Well, this is the, the time period that you, that you probably thought of was Jessa. <laughs> <laughs> what a transition. Because uh, I was, you know, it was a wild time. It was college, fresh out of college time. Yeah. So when you, if you watch the show, you're going to understand what I mean by that. Yeah. I'm trying to incriminate myself. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I, the first episode that everyone showed me, because my friend, two friends, uh, Carla and Alexa, who like uh, are both in the industry in some ways. Uh, showed me like they got we got to show you we got to start with this episode and they showed me the crack accident and I was sold. Like, you were hooked on the crack accident. After they that, okay, I was like, welcome to Bushwick. You got other names, so I could yeah. go off of that. When they showed me welcome to Bushwick, I was like this. It was so funny because it, it really shows you the dynamic of all the characters because it's like a bottled episode where they go to this one location and it oh. all takes place at this warehouse party. It's so good. Yeah, I think that shows best episodes are usually bottle episodes. Where yeah, where it's like. We're gonna revisit all of our traumas in this one little random area. Yeah, so so good. It's it's so so good. Essentially, Mike, tell us what happens in this in this episode. So they go to the party. What happens that shows you each character in their element? Uh, so they we go to this party because there's like multiple reasons. I think the main reason is because Marty's ex boyfriend is playing a, a show there. 
I think that's why what Marnie's buying in. I My, think Jessa says everyone's gonna be there, so that's why he's just Jessa, to go. Yeah, it's a party, so that's why Jessa's going because it's a party and it's it's one of the biggest warehouse parties or whatever. So it's gonna be fucking a rager. Yeah, Shoshana goes because why not? She's like, this is her cousin's gonna be there. Who's Jessa? Um, Hannah's gonna be there. All of her friends are gone, so why not? Why would she not go? Yeah, uh, she needs something fun to do. She's always in school and shit. And then Hannah goes because. She needs to be there to support Marnie. Mm-hmm. But then also her friend uh, Ray is, in the, is also um, performing with the, in the band, too, because he's friends with uh, Marnie's ex-boyfriend. And then she finds out that her, like, fling, her little fuck buddy, Adam, is also at this party. And right. she, like, finds out that he's, like, like a... Alcoholic. An anonymous. alcoholic. And he's an yeah. AA. Yeah. She didn't know that about him. Because at this point, they're like distant. They're not that close. And they're not, they haven't went past the level of just like having ravenous sex sessions. Yeah. So she doesn't know that much about him. But yeah, each of those characters have these different buy ins for going to this warehouse party. And throughout that episode, everything that they do just goes extreme. Yeah. Like all their insecurities hit, hit an extreme point. So like, I think Marty finds out. Marty finds out that Charlie Hannah, is dating. Uh, Charlie has a new girlfriend, and he's moved on from her. And she's like, "It's only been two weeks." Oh yeah. And so she's like, she's like talking to anyone's anyone's ear off who she can like who she can. Like there's some scene of her talking to some guy who's not even listening, and then he just gets up and walk away um, because Hannah is off having her own crisis, which is you know she sees Adam there and he's just hanging out with a bunch of lesbians who are his friends. Um, that's a plot point. Um, and then he, when she talks to one of them at the bar, the woman says to her, she's like, oh, yeah, like, you don't drink? Like, oh, that, that must be how you met Adam, because he's an AA. Yeah. And then this is, like, the first time she heard the information. And the so gr- now she's having a crisis of, like, do I even know him at all? Like, what do I want? I feel like I've had those situations. Who hasn't mm. had those situations where you, like, thought you knew something about your closest friend or the person you're, like, in a relationship with or dating or something and you're like wait someone else knows some more information than I do yeah. and you want to make it about you like how dare they not tell me but then you realize it's really personal information yeah. So, yeah but and there's a great moment about that um, where she basically confronts him and she's like how come I don't know anything about you and he's like because you never ask me he's like you don't <laughs> give a shit you, ne- you seem like you never at, like give a shit about anything about me you just want to talk about you or not talk at all and just have sex See, that, and that shit is crazy. Because how, there's a lot of people like that. How often does that happen or occur? Yeah. So, yeah, it makes me like wonder. I'm like, damn, do I ever ask people how they're doing? But then I'm like, whatever. They should just know I care how they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's so Marnie. <laughs> well, because, so, so basically the conflict in this episode, and Jessa has a whole backstory that we don't need to get into she's like a nanny and for these little girls and then like the dad is kind of sleazy and doesn't really have an in-between jobs and he shows up at the fucking yeah rare house party it's a lot it's weird um and then shoshana mostly it's just a, a gag shoshana that okay that's the best part because shoshana's like she says like i smoked i smoked some weed out of like a glass pipe and they're like and she's like she already talks really fast on the show. She's going off. Yeah, so like without, yeah, you just gotta watch the episode. I'd rather just say you gotta watch the episode. Yeah. But she smokes something she thinks is weed out of a glass pipe. It's the reason why it's called the Cracksident. Come on now. Dot, dot, dot. And <laughs> it's just so funny how it plays out. Because in yeah. that, they also tell Ray, 
who's like one of their mutual friends to like babysit her. Mm. And it leads to, to more shenanigans. But uh, then finally, yeah. Jessa, not Jessa, uh, Marnie and Hannah confront one another, and Hannah is basically trying to go off with Adam and, and leave with him. And Marnie is like, I'm going to come get you. Like, I'm going to come save you. Gets a taxi, pulls up to her, and is like, sir, you need to get away from him. Because, like, I don't know, they had been having a fight or something. Yeah, Adam's kind of arguing with her. And all they know about Adam is, like, obviously they don't know much about him because Hannah doesn't know much about him. So her best friend only knows what she's been fed, the little bit of information. Right. So she's trying to be protective of Hannah. Tell her to get in the car or whatever. Because Adam's being like loud and aggressive, but then basically they they come to the understanding that they're talking past each other, and they both like show up for each other's friendship just for their own benefits. Seems like like because Hannah ends up like ditching Marnie and being like, you know what, screw this, I don't want to talk to you about you and your problems. You don't care about me. And then she goes off with Adam and chooses him over her. Her, But then I think actually what ends up happening is he, he ends up getting in the cab with them or something. Yes. Well, because he has like his bike separately, I think, or something like that. That's right. Uh, and yeah, then it basically he yells like, what do you want from me? And she, I don't know, something. Do you want to be my boyfriend? You want me to be your boyfriend? Yeah. And she's like, and then it cuts to them like he's in the cab. He's in now. the cab. And so like now they're dating, And I they're guess. all squished in. Yeah. So I don't. Other people in our lives don't try to connect yourselves to <laughs> to Adam, but <laughs> or Hannah, like because yeah. like if I say I'm Marnie, like everything doesn't line up. Yeah. But, yeah, I I think I'm very much a Marnie because I I whether you want to relate it to my astrological sign as a Cancer or just the way I was brought up, I I have a very extreme loyalty, but also I am a very forgetful person that has my own lot of shit going on. Right. So it's it gets in the way of of my perception of my loyalty because people want to people can easily just focus on the times that I'm busy or losing my mind. Mm. So they're, they're like, "Are you a loyal friend?" Because you didn't talk to me for like two months, and I'm like, "What? You're holding that against me? Like I had shit going on." Did I ever say I wasn't your friend? So like, you know, I'm the kind of person that's like, I my loyalty always remains. So when you questioned it, now you pissed me off. So totally, that's valid. So, do you think I'm Hannah? I don't know. You gotta pick who you are. I can't pick you. So I'm gonna say I'm Hannah, but let's dissect it because I haven't a hundred percent thought it through. So the reasons why I think I'm Hannah is because number one, I want to be a Shoshana. I think Shoshana is a safe character to pick, but I think Hannah has these like bursts of selfishness that she doesn't even realize are selfish because she's just so caught up in like her story that she's telling that like she ends up doing kind of reckless stuff like whatever's going on with her and Adam in that moment because she's just like pursuing a goal incessantly and I think I I end up doing that and sometimes I don't realize I'm like oh yeah maybe maybe you know, I'm not being a, as acknowledgeful of a friend as I should be or telling people what I'm doing or where I'm going or, you know, things like that. Because I'm just so caught up in the thing I'm trying to do. Yeah, I could I could see that. But, I mean, that if you if you claim yourself as a Hannah, that 
really gives me an interesting perspective of our, of our friendship uh, <laughs> based on Marnie and Hannah. But I think that's the lens with which I'm going to look at the, yes. the next couple episodes. I think it's I, helpful. I would say how we approach adulting and, and moving forward with our lives very much falls in line with that. Because you can you can touch on the on the the actual on those things like Hannah like gets jobs at like a media company or gets like this like she gets a like this established job or finds an actual pretty good career path but then is like I don't like this and then quits and then does something different and trying to shift like yeah you, you, I've, I've made those, some similar moves you had those moments yeah um, and then Marty like kind of was. It's kind of all over the place, but she was working in hospitality for a long time. Mm. She does have a pivot, like, in the last minute, but, like, I don't even know what she ends up doing after that. Do you remember she wants to be a musician? Oh, yeah. So it's, like, you just, like, doubling down on writing and talent and acting. I guess. I'm a music manager that I always forget that I do that. Yeah. I I even forgot that in the same breath, even though I was just at a show. Right? I always forget. For for one of your uh, um, eight clients? What do you call? Eight. I was, no, I was going to say clients. Uh, I think sometimes we call them clients, but also yeah. artists. Yeah. When you artists. when it's like a contract involved. Yeah. But yeah, so I would say based off of those surface level, like on the nose things, yeah, we have relations to Marty and, and Hannah, but then really thinking about how they operate in the world with becoming adults and taking responsibility or ignoring responsibility I relate to those things so well because mm. it's easy to like mask my idea of becoming an adult with like it's all about responsibilities, it's all about timing, it's all about uh, schedules and structure. And the minute I don't follow those things, then that's me being childish or irresponsible. And I become so obsessed with that that I start to lose sight of like actually having fun, a good time. Yeah. In the process of, of, of growing up or throughout the week. Monday, Monday through Friday, to me, sometimes can be stressful because of how I perceive it. Instead of just being like, I'm excited to do these things. I get to do these things. I'm like, I have to do these things. I must do these things. Those- yeah. I, I heard a quote this week that was like, it's kind of cliche, but someone said it in passing. And I was like, oh, yeah. It's like when you start to treat your passion like your job, that's like a recipe for failure. And it's kind of hard when your passion is your job not to treat it like a job because at some point you have to take it seriously. But Right? Yeah. But I think that's a good lesson of, like, don't think of it as, like, like this job that's so stressful. It's like you you got to still keep the fun aspect of it. Yeah, Because I think even starting the show up again, you and I kind of went through that this these past couple months. Yeah, we kind of had like a fake-ass hiatus. Like, I mean, I guess this is the second season, whatever, I don't know. But yeah. like <laughs> season two. Season two, baby. But also, it just we just had a, there's a moment of like, things were gr- catching up to us. Like, life was starting to catch up really fast to us. Yeah. And things were different. It was like we were able to maintain so much because we lived in the same house. And we were so used to that that maintenance because whether we were in Orange, whether we were in Santa Monica, whether we were over here in Los Feliz, like yeah. it was, it was like, oh, he's two doors away, three doors down. Which ended up being our actual kryptonite. So look at me just doubling down on this. Um, but it it made things so much easier and accessible. So when we had to shift to like now we're in this new life 
of you got a full-time job and I'm no longer in the hospitality industry. You are married now and like all these different things, you know, I'm just, I'm getting older and older and I'm about to die because I'm like a hundred years old. Like all these different <laughs> things are changing. It's it really different... good for a hundred years. I, thank you. I know. <laughs> I use cocoa butter, but it's, it hit us so fast that it made it hard to keep up with it. Yeah. So I, I would say that that also contributed to why we didn't have an episode for a while. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, and I was going through that process where I was kind of like trying to keep things scheduled and like so concerned about not having enough time to do things that I was like, time is this like obtuse thing that like I don't have enough of or something. And, and really it's like you need to just say it's easy to do. We're going to come hang out and talk for, like, two hours. It's yeah. not that big of a deal. And, like, stop putting the pressure of, like, it has to be, season two has to be our best episode. We have to change so much stuff. Look at us. We end up doing the same shit. The same shit. <laughs> I mean, it's hard because, like, I, we entered a space where I was, like, am I, like, doing this to become a champion of, like, social justice in black America? And I was, like, I don't want to do that because that sounds boring and stressful. <laughs> so for, uh, here's a good question, and then we'll get back to girls. For people who listen to this thinking it's a social justice podcast and, like, list, listen to it for that aspect, what what would you say to them specifically? I would say that by, by definition, by my existence, my enjoyment, my pain, my passion, pleasure, or plight is an example of my activism yeah because like my existence in this world is is a, is activism like I, I live in a world that i'm not the norm and i'm going against the grain just by breathing like just being just growing up baptist that's one thing you know growing up conservative that's another thing growing up black growing up bisexual growing up in los angeles growing up you know having a college education like all these different things are all these things separately kind of make me go against the grain but then when you put them all together I definitely am an anomaly like I am not yeah. represented everywhere you go you can't turn on the TV and see me and then people say oh but we could just turn on BET turn on BET too bitch you still ain't gonna <laughs> see me it ain't definitely ain't gonna see me the way the baby and them be talking oh you my definitely gosh. ain't gonna see my black ass uh, cause black people we haven't caught up yet on the uh, being homophobic is not that cute thing yet I, I hate that I have to just group it up like that but it is what it is. I was going to try to save to talk about that, but like, just to quickly touch on that, yeah, like, that that's that's one of the biggest struggles, which which made me have to really question how I want to perceive myself doing this podcast and why I'm doing this podcast. Because I was like, am I trying to be a champion of just black people with no stipulations, no consequence? And I was like, no, that's not true. Because I don't I don't want the idea that. Everything we say and do as a people should be allowed, accepted, and appreciated because we are black. That's not that's not how what that's not the equality that I want. Mm. I I still accountability must still also be present in our in my existence and in my freedom, and and that doesn't taste good. It doesn't sound good always to most people because there probably are people out there like I was oppressed, so you can I cannot be blamed for anything I do because whatever I do is a result of white supremacy, and I'm like. That may be true, but if white supremacy corrupted your ass so much that you go around knocking women in the mouth, your ass need to go to prison. Just so it's straight like that. Whatever whatever color you may be. If you are, um, I don't know, you grew up so affluent that you're like, 
oh, I, I'm so rich. It's not my fault. I didn't know poor people exist. And, and like, that's not, like, I don't give a fuck. You need to go do the work to go figure it out. Just because you, you had this accessibility to things or lack of accessibility to things, you can't throw away accountability. Yeah, that's Both so sides. true. So, and, yeah, yeah, and there's and there's like this middle ground thing that's called like being a decent human being, and like we have to just figure that that out. Yeah, <laughs> like everybody wherever they're starting <laughs> from has to just figure out how to be decent. It shouldn't be that hard, but apparently, apparently it, it is. is. Like, uh, you, you just I don't know. So like things like homophobia and shit, and and the prevalence of like misogyny and, and rap music and things like that there's a lot of there's a lot of work we have to do as a community within so i don't think necessarily i want to just sit here and say to my podcast is to to just champion social justice and the black cause because i i am i am living the black cause so and i'm not gonna live it perfectly so i by all means do not want to be an activist or, or hold that title or you know i'm just gonna tell my fucking stories and you can take it how it is and for me, you know, I think it's it's easy to, to point to, you know, the most extreme racist people or, you know, crazy anti-vaxxers and say like, oh, they're the problem. Like, I'm fine. Look at me. I'm doing a I'm doing a podcast with a black guy. I'm progressive and like try and like act like my shit doesn't stink. But that that's really hard to to do. Like when like I'm trying to figure out my own shit and not be problematic. I mean, not that I'm, like, the most problematic person ever, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff that everybody has to to do, and myself included, to be, to not knock the microphone when I'm trying to talk, <laughs> you know? Like, 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 they're, like, I don't feel confident just calling people out all the time because half the time I need to call myself out, too. Yeah. And I will continue to do that. You should be comfortable enough to call me out. I don't know how many times I get I get mad because I feel like you because you have this like role of being the white guy on my black podcast. Somehow <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I'll just let Mike pop up from the handle because he's he's expressing himself. I'm just the 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 henchman or whatever, or the like the second the second fiddle to like the high school bully yeah. on like a Disney Channel original. I'm like this <laughs> so is I'm not like, the Green Book. What uh-huh. he said. <laughs> <laughs> like I need you, you can hold me accountable. Um, yeah. That that kind of lets me go into the the next episode that I want to talk about. Ooh, which is bad friend. Bad That's, friend. Bad friend. Such a good episode uh, of girls. So in this episode, Hannah, uh, she's kind of moving more into her like career as a freelance writer, which is something ironic because I also am a freelance writer. Uh, it's not that ironic actually. But she uh, gets a job. I think they tell her. Well, one is that iconic line where the lady's like, "Do you see this circle?" And it's like out, and it's like outside of the box. And she's like, "That's where the magic happens." Mm. And it's like, so she's like, "So you're saying that the magic happens outside of the box?" And then the lady just like stares at her. <laughs> um, but she gets a job of writing an article, a piece, a thing piece or something like that about like doing cocaine one night in the city and then she chooses her friend Elijah who was the gay friend that we talked about earlier mm-hmm. um, I like how I said just the gay friend like it sounds derogatory to me saying that but whatever fucking I'm well it, they have an interesting backstory where like they used to date they used to date and it's relevant to this story because like yeah well we can get into yeah, as much they, as that they used to want. date way back in the day but then they reconnected after she found out that he did not give her HPV <laughs> or maybe he did <laughs> 
I can't remember. Was it him? I don't know. We'll have to rewatch that episode. Yeah, I don't know. It's another episode. But anyway, she went to all of her former partners to find out who gave it to her. Um, And he was, you know, her gay ex-boyfriend was one of them. But anyway, so her and Elijah, he's... He's going to help her on this journey or whatever. She's going to take the cocaine. She has to get it from her junkie neighbor who like lives like on the second Laird? floor. The floor below her, Laird. Yeah. Who fucking, that character is great. He kind of, does he have a crush on her? He kind of does. He has a crush on her. Yeah. And he has a turtle too. And yeah. the best line is like, he's like, yeah, it's my turtle. And he's like, I'm never not going to have the turtle. <laughs> we'll never not have it. <laughs> and I was he like, be a real asshole sometimes. I think he says, <laughs> yeah. But I was like, that's so fucking real. Like, I feel like I think Bowie like that. My dog. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Bowie's my dog, and I guess I'm never gonna not have her because like she's always like a part of my life, even if she passes on. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she ends up getting the drugs from Laird. Her and Elijah do the cocaine. And they have a crazy night out. They go ham. They yeah. basically go back to a club again. So. What we're seeing so far is that two of our favorite episodes revolve around clubs and drugs. <laughs> it just brings out the best in people, yeah, truly. It just makes the best stories in, in HBO television. Yeah. So now they're at this club with these two uh, iPod DJs named Andrew and Andrew. Yeah, and they dress the same, and they're both gay. Are they dating, or are they just part, like, they're, DJ partners? I think, I think they're boyfriends. I think okay, they're yeah. boyfriends that dress the same, and Andrew and Andrew, they change their names. Yeah. They're iPod DJs. But anyway, they're at this place... Uh, doing drugs, going ham. Then, meanwhile, Marnie in her world as a hostess at a restaurant, because remember, she's in hospitality, Mm y'all. She has this crush, because she's always, something about her is always relating around some kind of, like, longing, lust, you know, will they, won't they relationship with a guy. Yeah. Poor poor thing. But... Usually an artistic guy, too. Yeah, always some kind of artsy guy. He plays music, he does, he thinks or something. Yeah. But this guy, this time, name is Booth Jonathan, who's like, he's like an artist, but he does, his art is like putting nails in baby doll heads and stuff like that. Yeah, that really kind. the best kind. Yeah, the, the, the weird ass art. But she's always like this guy from her past job of being like a, uh, a curator or something. And she always knew of this guy. And she kind of had a crush on him from afar. But then he fucking, basically this night... It's just like sees her looking at him and he's like, Hey, when's the last time you had sex? And she's like, What? And he's like, You're gonna have sex with me now. Like it Yeah, it was, it was a very bold proposal. It was very bold. And it like, sounds she's at work. It sounds toxic and bad, but like she was down. So <laughs> she's like, Okay. And she goes with them. But so now that's Marnie having that situation. She's mm-hmm. getting it in. Um, with the guy she always like liked from afar. And uh at some point their their nights can, oh, the nights reconvene yeah. because while they're doing cocaine, Hannah and Elijah, he confesses to her that he had sex with Marnie. Yeah. Randomly. And it, it was something that happened like a couple episodes ago, right? Like maybe like one or two. Yeah, it happened like in It a, happens in the show. It happens in season one, I think. And oh. in season two, this is it's brought up. Um, so the reality of it was that a new normal was coming on TV. Uh, and Andrew Reynolds was heading that show, so he was leaving girls to go do his own show. So that's why he was being written out of the show. That's right. But they they made a good reason for it uh, because Hannah loses her shit because like her best friend, who is Marnie, had sex with her ex boyfriend, who is kind of her new other best friend, mm. and they kept it from her. And he's and she was kind of like 
Like, I guess that would, would that mess up a person? Like, if you're like, damn, you turned gay after you dated me, but then you also fucked my best friend, so you just didn't want to fuck me. Because you still fucked a woman after the fact. Yeah, there's that's layers how, to that. That's how Hannah, I think, perceives it. Yeah. She's like, I wasn't good enough of a woman to you. You rather have Marnie. We described her to you, right? And, and it was also like, I think she was being a little, like, selfish in a way because she's like I wanted to be your last which is like <laughs> so such a weird thing to claim yeah, over so someone. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. he, she he, he went back for another taste and it wasn't her. Yeah. Um so yeah, she's very selfish about it. Yeah, self-absorbed I guess is the right term. So, Hannah calls Marnie and finds out where she is. She's at the artist guy's house. She's at the artist guy's house because she just had sex with the guy that she always wanted to have sex with. Whose so, name is Booth Jonathan. Booth Jonathan. I feel like I, that needs to be said. No, I said his a, name earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So Booth Jonathan or whatever, she has sex with him. And it's genius because Hannah says earlier, she's like, oh, I know where he his house lives. Marty maybe can walk back and forth by it like four times like on some random, I don't know, thing where she was like, Oh, maybe if I walk by his house, he'll come out or something. Yeah, she's like, like stalking him type shit. Yeah. So, uh, so they go there. They go to they his go house. They go to his house. It's a whole bunch of stuff that happens because like Laird was actually following her the whole time to oh. make sure she doesn't go like get too fucked up. So Laird That's helps right. him find the house. It's a lot, but everyone's in this house now. Marty, Laird, Hannah, uh, and Boo Jonathan. I forgot Laird was there. <laughs> Laird was there. They're all they're all there now. And Marnie's this is po- post coital like they just they just fucked, and the Hannah basically confronts Marnie for having sex with Elijah. Says she's a really bad friend, that she fucked up, and she just wants Marnie to admit that she's a very bad friend. Like you fucked up, and I want you to acknowledge that. Because Marnie always makes Hannah feel like Hannah's the bad friend. Like like Marnie is like so good to Hannah all yes. the time. Because Marty hides behind her extreme loyalty. Mm. So she's like, I'm always fucking loyal. And that should always take precedent. It doesn't matter if I do something that's selfish. It doesn't matter if I say something mean to you. It doesn't matter if I, like, uh, was inconsiderate every now and then. Uh, ultimately, I'm loyal. So that's enough. That's how Marty operates. But and to, Ma- to Marty's credit in that scene, she does basically take it. And she's like, listens to her. Yeah. But it's also because she got what she wanted. She oh. got Booth Jonathan. So she doesn't give a fuck. She's like, yeah, cool. I'm a bad friend. I got a guy. I don't need you. Wow. <laughs> that's a good observation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watch the show a lot. So yeah. I, I, <laughs> that's why she only needs she only needs Hannah and ultimately when she loses her relationship. If you think about that's every true. season, that's when she needs Hannah the most. Yeah, wow. Uh, when her relationship blows up. So yeah. now that she has a new one, she's like, whatever. Uh, but granted, like... I never stated that her and Booth Jonathan ever became boyfriend and girlfriend, so that's a whole other story, too. She just fucking assumes that she's his girlfriend now. Yeah. After having sex once. The girl crazy. But anyway, <laughs> that scene in that show, we always, I always bring up a lot, just jokingly to Grant, because like, I want to be like, you're a bad friend. You need you to admit you're a bad friend. <laughs> so, well, I would say in those, in those instances, maybe I am more of a Marnie and you're more of a Hannah. Yeah. You know? Maybe. Maybe. In, I, I don't know, because I'm definitely not fucking any Booth Jonathans or anything like that. So that, yeah, they're el- alive. <laughs> that, that element is gone. Yeah. Uh, that element is not present. But, yes, I would say the, like, Hannah losing her mind over, like, not being, not having the friendship fully reciprocated in the way she perceived it. Yeah, I guess I would have those moments. I can see that. And then, like, 
from from my side, like being kind of more like accommodating to that, like, oh yeah, you're right. Like I am a bad friend because I'm kind of wasn't focused on the friendship and I was kind of focused on the other thing I was doing. So I was like, so I'm like, you're right, you're right, you're right. And then just kind of take it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's another issue to like related to the whole grand scheme of, of adulting yeah. is that we have these perceptions of relationships and friendships that are very much based in like how they were in high school and college in those times when we were in class together and see each other all the time. Right. For us, it wasn't a class together or seeing each other all the time. It was being roommates and sharing rooms together and living in the same house together. So you yeah. want the, you want the relationship to always kind of similar mimic that. And even when we're separate places, it's like, you're still supposed to only be two, three doors away, like I said earlier. Right. And you're not now. How dare you type thing. Yeah. Uh, but then. And it's being held to that same standard, basically. Exa- yeah, it's being held to that standard. But then, like, for me, I'm the kind of person where I will, I'm assuming that the role I need to, but, like, we don't no longer live in the same house. But then I don't know how to take a little bit of distance. I take a lot. It's like mm. I, have, I have the two modes. I'm like. We could be close friends, or we could go do our own thing. Like that—that's how I operate. I'm like, yeah. I don't do sparse. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't. It's hard to do. Do you find that it's hard as an adult, especially? Yeah, because it's hard to remember to like talk to someone every now and then. It's either I talk to you all the time, or I don't talk to you at all. Yeah. And I, because I, I, it's I, so I'm, true. I'm forgetful like that, and. I have those friends that I do talk to all the time. We have a group chats and shit. We're always talking and sharing things with each other. So then yeah. I base my idea and perception off of relationships off of that because that's the best form. Like people that always communicate with each other. There's no judgment. We can share whatever. We all like the same music. We all like the same uh, types of movies and same types of. We have like these all these same like it's our my extreme bubble. It's mm-hmm. my nucleus within that bubble. Right. So then I'm I'm so used to that now, especially with the pandemic and everything heightening it, heightening those emotions. Like anything that's not that, I fucking I'm averse to. Even if it's people that are my really closest friends for a long time. I'm like, yep. nope, it's not this isn't as perfect as like that one little nucleus I have now. Yeah, and I think a lot of it makes sense to you know, after the last year and a half that we've had, kind of condense and consolidate like the the social network because it's like really is in survival. We've been in social survival mode. Not everyone, <laughs> not not the nineteen thousand people that were at Lollapalooza this weekend. But oh, they were they were at Lollapalooza. They were at Rolling Loud. People were out, and I can't talk shit because I'm going to outside lands and life is beautiful this year. But at least you're at least you're vaccinated, right? At least you know. Hey, if I get if I get sick, I'm gonna. I did my part. Yeah, I did my my piece. Yes, I'm the person who bought the HTP five HTP and like if I <laughs> fucking my serotonin levels, <laughs> at least I'm gonna uh, do something to try to get them back to normal. Yeah. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, I don't. Don't re- do your research and you're like, oh okay, but it's related to music festivals. Okay, but anyway, gotcha. I yeah. So it's as as we get older, it's hard to to be able to transition and understand that relationships that are not just marriage and not just mom and dad, brother and sister, also have to have some kind of maintenance that it's going to take a lot more work than just saying, like, hey, what's up, bro, like in between class or at recess. Yeah. Those things don't exist anymore. You have to create the recess. Yeah, you don't, you don't have those natural spaces for it to happen, and you have to kind of create it yourself. And, and also within that, 
make sure that you don't create and fill in the blanks on your own, which is like creating your own stories. Oh, that is the hardest part. That's that's one something I do a lot where it's like, I'm like, well, I haven't talked to this person. And so they must hate me and they're mad at me and this is, we shouldn't even be friends. And like, they're like, they're over it. And it's like, damn, what I do the same thing. You just create a story. Yeah. You just, and, and I know like you, you're really good at at pointing out when you're creating a story, even if you can't help yourself from creating it. Whereas like me, like I'll think like you for a second and I'll be like, okay, Grant, you need to chill. They don't hate you for, for some unforeseen reason, just because they're not responding instantly in a group chat or whatever <laughs> yeah and this this could be translated not even just to friendships this can be translated into relationships very sure. much so yeah uh, and like whether it's marriage partners whatever the hell you are like mom and dad something kids like yeah talk communicate create like imagine if we had this podcast and we never talked to each other we just like only came on here and just assumed what the other person's gonna say <laughs> like, it would be a weird conversation. Like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'm based off your body language. This is what you're thinking right now. I'm just like filling in the blanks. You'd be like, this is weird because that's not what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking it now only because you brought it up. So, <laughs> so you're kind of right, but fuck you. Yeah, you're kind of right, but fuck you. You planted these words in my head. Yeah. So, well, it, it, does that does that transition into the Beach House episode, which is essentially about like they try to mend this rift after what happened? Yes. So the Beach House episode, strangely enough, I kind of think is one of the one of the springboards that kind of led me to the understanding of doing this podcast or even having these conversations. Interesting. Because I started one, I saw this episode like because this show was brought brought to me by those people that I talked about in the nucleus. Yeah. That it was by one of my best friends. It, it, was, it was shown to me through him. So we watched the show religiously. So I also think there's a lot of things that we operate with in our friendship based off of the negative things we see from girls. We're like, we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so You have like a, you have like a, a similar language in that way. Yeah. Where you're like, Okay, we know we're not going to pull a beach house this week. Yeah, weekend. we're not going to pull a beach house. Or if someone is kind of acting that way, we're like, uh-uh, wait a minute. You know who you're acting like. Yeah. Uh, and we can quote that and like bring you back to reality. That's funny. But in the lake house episode, Marnie plans this trip at like her family's lake house. Because remember, she's like, she's kind of a wealthy girl. Got it. They're all like kind of wealthy kids that are trying to find a way in New York. So it's they, funny, though, because it's, like, off-brand wealthy. It's, like, it's not the Hamptons. It's, like, the city next to the Hamptons. So it's, like, the Hamptons, but less people, but not the Hamptons. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's And so they kind of address it. It's unlike friends, they're, like, just randomly rich and they live in this neighborhood. They, they address these girls are all privileged. Yeah, but they they're, they are aware of it. Yeah. And so they go to this lake house, and it already shows Marnie's character because she plans, she has this trip plan where she wants everyone to go there and they're going to become closer and, and unpack and do all this stuff. And if you know me by now, like even I just went on a trip to San Francisco, like the first game that I played with everyone was, we're not really strangers. We're going to play We're Not Really Strangers and we're going to do level one and we're going to open up and get into our feelings. And everyone's like, ugh, he's so cancer right now. <laughs> but <laughs> but in, so in the Lake House episode, they... They go to this trip. She has everyone's rooms picked out based by based off their personality. Like Justin gets the Bohemian room. Shoshana gets the cute like organized like room, and then like Hannah has to be in the room next to her so they can be connected and bond with each mm-hmm. other because they're best friends. They need to heal. the The term she uses a lot is healing. Healing, yeah. It's like she wants to heal because this is season three, and this is kind of like around that same time as 
the other episodes we talked about. So now they're trying to fix that bad frame of thing or these friends are too selfish amongst each other. Yeah. It all comes to a head because... Hannah invites... So she runs into Elijah. She runs into Elijah, who we talked about she got mad at. Uh, she actually had kicked Elijah out of her apartment in that episode we talked about previously. Yeah, we didn't get to and, that part. But, that, but that's what I was saying, that he's written off the show because of his new normal. So new normal apparently fucking flopped, and <laughs> they had like half a season, and the show didn't get picked up. Yeah, so it's now, hard on network TV. They'll just cancel you after like three episodes. Yeah, they canceled his ass. I think NeNe Leakes is in that show, too. Uh, but So Andrew Reynolds is back now. He's available. <laughs> so they're going to bring <laughs> his ass back to girls because he's funny as hell. Yeah. So then... Hannah brings him and a bunch of like his friends and I guess a guy he's kind of like hooking guy up. He's dating, he's yeah. Dating. Oh, yeah. He brings them all back to the lake house. But Marty had a plan with just the four girls. They're gonna be here and have this four girls trip. Now there's a bunch of gay boys running around the house too, and they you know got their shirts off and pool and doing all kinds of stuff. Getting she drunk. didn't have enough food for everyone. Yeah, she didn't have enough food for everyone. Mind you, they they have stores and shit. They could have just went and bought more food. But, she's but like, well, literally when they're at the store, she's like, "You can't buy anything that's not on the list." <laughs> Like, that's the level of neuroses that she, like, all of the food was approved. See, I'm not like that. I'll pretend, like, I there is no list, and then I'll be like, it's fine. Just buy what you want. Yeah. And then when people because you also stuff, have that element where you're like, I just want everyone to be fine. So, like, you're not going to put yourself out as far as Marnie is. I'm a Libra rising in a, in a moon, ride, a Libra moon. So, yeah. I, I, at the end of the day, I'll be like, I just want balance, so... Do whatever you feel is necessary. I'll fall on the sword. It's okay. <laughs> but you still will have a list yeah. that you're like writing and yeah. like names but I had a crossing list. off. But I just want you to acknowledge that the list exists. And you for to want you to go adhere to the list. Yeah. I don't have to adhere to it. You should adhere to the list that I wrote. And you should understand that it's important to me. And if you don't, it's fine. I'll fall on the sword. But the sword is going to hurt a lot, and I'm going to tell you all about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just have this image of you, like, laying with a, spo- a sword through your stomach, just, Ew, this hurts. Did I tell you how much this hurts? Yeah. It's okay. It's fine. Ew. I'm bleeding now. Look at this blood. You caused this blood, just but it's okay. Just so much attention to it. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So, exactly. my friend, because I sound like a fun time, don't I? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Marty loses her shit. The whole fucking lake house uh, weekend is, is fucked up because Marty thinks it's all because of the, the guys being there. Yeah. But then everyone else, the girls start to blow up at each other. Uh, the guys aren't even like... Well, like, they teach one of the guys is a... Uh, dance instructor or like choreographer I should say um, for Broadway and he teaches them a dance and they do a really good job it's great everyone's having fun they're all coordinated and then Marnie wants to micromanage it and say I think if we do it again one more time like it'll be really really good because Hannah you messed up a part of it and like she like really is dead set on them doing it again yes she's like and I ugh yikes (laughs) but yeah I can relate to that so but and then because of that they blow up Jessa is like Basically, like, whatever, fuck you guys. You guys are thinking about this too much. They get mad like, Justin, you don't think about nothing. So that's a problem. Yeah, and you're Shosh- too easygoing. And Shoshana's just being blunt with everyone. She's just like, fuck all you guys. This is stupid. You guys are annoying. I don't even like you that much. And everyone's like, damn, Shoshana. Shoshana starts it because she calls, um, forget it. It's like Hannah or Marnie a narcissist. Oh, yeah. She calls everyone out. Yeah. But she's like projecting at the same time she's being real so it's like yeah it's a lot 
And then Marty, of course, like wants to just design. I'm just trying to be a good person to make everyone feel better and make everything perfect for all you guys. And you guys aren't appreciating it. But the way that how the episode re- operates is they all just, they're bitching and complaining, but they let it out and they get it out. And by doing that and not not being able to go anywhere else because they're all staying at the lake house, yeah. it more or less solves itself because you yeah. have no choice but to solve it. It's Pretty uh, much. It's how, like, an analogy I like to bring it up is there's, you know, back when you do, like, math problems, and this is, like, the only way I could do math because my dumb black ass could not do math for nothing. But when you get those math problems as a kid and it would have the answer and one of the, like, uh, you know, one of the numbers, like, uh, mm. one of the, that's, Factored into the equation, yeah. But not the the one numbers missing. Yeah, that's how that's how these kind of conversations work when you're bottled up into a room. You know the solution is there because you have no other choice. Right. So you know, like I gotta find out what plus two equals four. Yeah. Like I have half of it. The two the two that exists already there is the tension, is the is the frustration from me. I know we have to solve it, and I know that solving it will get us to four, but there's another number missing. We need to get to that. And if you focus too much on yourself, like, oh, I have the two, I have the two, I have this number, that's all I need to think about, you're never going to get to that the other number. The way, mm-hmm. only way you're going to get to the other number is you got to find out what, what's the other part of this equation. And that, most of the time, is going to be the other person that you're having the argument with or the tension with. They need to say their side of it. They need to say their side of it. And they'd be yeah. like, I'm a two as well. And you're like, oh, fuck, I should have known that. Two well, plus two equals four. We figured it the fuck out. That's a really good way of looking at it. It's like it's like instead of looking at tension as like something that needs to be uh, avoided or resolved, looking at it as something that needs to be solved. So yes. it's like you're not afraid of conflict. Or don't be afraid of conflict Look for the solution through the conflict. Yeah, be don't. I, I would say don't be afraid of conflict. Be, More, be hopeful of the of the solution. Yeah, be hopeful of the friendship. So it's like you're my spouse. You're my best friend. All that. That's what I know the answer is already. Yeah. So I don't even how we get to that. It's gonna, it's gonna take us a, a little bit of thinking. We have to do some shore work and shit so we don't get in trouble. But like it's gonna it's gonna take some time to process and figure it out. But I know that it, an answer to this is we are best friends. We are spouses. We are brothers. We are sisters. Like you know the answer to this question already. The answer the, where you where it needs to end. Yeah. So if you think so about true. it in that regard, you're like I'm gonna flip out at you. We're gonna go through all this stuff, but it's okay because I love you. And then you're like. I know you love me, and let me say my piece because now you said your piece. People argue it out, hash it out, and they fix it. I think, like, you know me, like, I'm a classic conflict avoider um, to the yeah. point where I let things go too long and then it turns into a beach house situation oh, yeah. every time I have a, a uh, argument with anyone. Um, Never, like, violent arguments, though. No, 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 no. But it's definitely much like a... But I did this thing that's hurt my feelings. I think a lot of it comes down to, like, either... Not wanting to say the wrong thing or like or like put it the right way or like come out on the other end like in the right or something. Um, or just not wanting to bring it up because it's like awkward. Like, you know, like or like it makes you uncomfortable. So you're like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to not think about it. But why would you want to carry that baggage around? When you could have literally took it out of your backpack and been like, do we even need this? And then the person's like, no, 
we can we can move on without it. You're like, oh, thank God, because I've been carrying this shit around for for forever, and it was starting to weigh on me because we have other stuff to carry now, and I didn't even put, make room for it because I was carrying this bullshit for so long. Yeah, like, I think that happens. I think because you don't, if you don't look in your backpack, you don't know what you have in there to to that's weighing you down. Shit, I know, I know everything that's in there. Sometimes <laughs> I let shit just sit in there because I wanted to. Like I'm like I'm a fester, let this shit just marinate. You gotta let it mold. I hold grudges for days. I got cargo pants on, so I got room for grudges everywhere. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you in your six cargo pockets. Yes, I went to REI. I got the top of the line fucking hiking gear. Like I got room for all kinds of grudges and. <laughs> trauma to, to hold that shit in for weeks months days years oh my gosh but, that's amazing what a metaphor <laughs> what a visual yes think about it but no really though that's why why they call it like unpacking or like you know you got baggage yeah. and stuff like that because it is stuff that you carry around with you a lot and now i'm the kind of I, i'm starting to move into the space now we're like motherfucker hell nah times is hard it's expensive as hell to check your bag, so I'm gonna have a carry on. I can only carry so much shit in there. I, that carry on can have shit that I need, my necessities. Yeah. So if you ain't part of the necessities, you ass out. I ain't paying fifty dollars to put that other shit on the plane. So yeah, I'm gonna let you know what I got in there. We gonna just let it out there. Bam, bam. We gonna go through TSA on our <laughs> friendships. Like <laughs> TSA, what's the early check in or yeah, whatever? We got pre check. Pre check. There. Go. Yeah. So like, I, I'm gonna let it out there because I think that's the best way to get through things. It's still not very easy. Yeah. Because as we get older and become more and become adults, we I think we start to move into the space where we again start to misconstrue what the idea of being an adult or responsibility means. Yeah. And sometimes we think it means like just let bygones be bygones and so on and so on. Be the bigger person and, be the bigger and person. not worry, worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Then think about those people who are like the people who are like. I just don't want to deal with it. I just don't want an issue. I don't want a problem. I don't you're like gonna be to the be person rushed. Up, you're going to be the person on the reality show that's like, I'm not here for drama. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you are the whole reason the drama exists. Yeah. You got a whole handful of Republicans and and people that are storming shit and protesting shit that are like, I just want to be left alone. And it's like... <laughs> What are you doing here? Well, yeah, then go home. What the fuck? Why are you standing out in front of a of a bar and protesting, saying that your rights are being taken away because the, the bar said you can't, you have to wear a mask in there? Yeah. Is drinking that serious for you that you have to go to this bar particularly and you have to protest it? Like, come on now. That's crazy, man. Yeah, that's just a very isolated LA story. But yeah. uh, so I, that's how I mean I relate so much to this episode. And this episode has been a springboard for a lot of the ways how I operate in conversations because I treat it like, oh, this is the lake house moment. Like, if we're mm-hmm. all, if everybody's laid, laying shit on the line, I'm like, we're, oh, we letting it all out. But also, I can't get too much in my feelings. If I do get in my feelings, I need to remember that I can get out of them and I also need to come back to the person and be like, I need to let you know in that moment I was in my feelings. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. now I'm in a better place where we can continue the conversation or we can kind of have the come down where it's like, Let's kind of put all the things, put the pieces back together. Like this, the glasses were broken and I shattered some shit. But now I'm chill, I'm calm. I we, the, <laughs> the water is dried up, and now I can find out where all the pieces are to put things back together. Yeah, um, and they do in that episode. They uh, at the end of it, it's subtle, but they're you know all waiting for the bus and they do the little dance that they learned. Yeah, they remember the little dance. So they do it together. That. It's like yeah, they're still friends at the end of the day. Yeah, oh. which is, I think that's, like, honestly a great way 
to to grow up in how you how you operate with people. Whether it's your job, your mom, your dad, brother, sister, whoever it may be, it could be a whole bunch of different types of people. But you need to be able to come back. Yeah. And and also finish a conversation. You need to be able to get to a period. You can't be you can't end on commas and, and ellipses. That shit ain't that's not how like <laughs> sentences work. I'm really I'm really concerned with uh with America in that regard that like America is not having an adult conversation with each other right now. Absolutely not. America they're either putting their hands on their ears and going la 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 I can't hear you or worse they're like being like I'm never talking to that person again or even worse they're like I'm going to kill that person. Yeah. <laughs> like or like if I if I have to talk to that person if I see that person in real life I'm a I'm a I'm a fight. I'm a lay hands. I'm a lay hands. I'm a yeah. choke them out. I'm a kill them. I'm a cancel them. Yeah, it's like one of those things. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I was like, what happened to us? Like, we we can't even be offensive right anymore. Like, we know we can't even we can't even like oppress people the same way we used to. Like, what happened to oppression? Like, who killed oppression? Like, you don't it ain't even cute anymore. At least like back in the day, y'all had weird ass excuses for shit. Like, like you'd be like, oh, so-and-so's brains are smaller. Or, you know, women can, like, get their period and press the nuclear codes or something. Like, at least <laughs> the you racism, some, sexism, greatest hits, yes. Yeah, you have some, some stupid shit to back up your ignorance. Yeah. But now it ain't even nothing to back it up. You're like, I'm just stupid and, and, and oppressive and ignorant for no reason. I'm just, I'm just shooting just willy-nilly out there and hoping yeah. somebody catch it. Yeah, it's the, it's the last ride of the... Of the because I said so, I think, at the moment. I guess. But then also, there's a lot of backpedaling. Yeah. I feel like what happens is, it, to relate it even just back to this episode again, is that a lot of people think that they're like standing in their truth, so they start the argument, but then they run away. Mm. And it's like, what the fuck? Don't go up to somebody and be like, I have a bone to pick with you. I need to talk to you right now. Meet me here at 5 o'clock. And then they get there at 5 o'clock, and they're like, um, actually... I don't even want a problem. Why can't you just, like, agree with me? It's like, you want to came at me? You wanted to fight me? Now, all of a sudden, you're saying I should agree with you? About what? You are wrong. I'm not going to agree with you just because you want me to. And it's like, yeah. well, see, you're being difficult. You want to agree with me? I'm like, this is weird. Like, are we fighting or are we not? <laughs> yeah. Let's just fight. Jackie Let's, Christie. Yeah, Jackie Christie from Basketball Wise. Let's just fight. That's such a small... Um, well, you know what's interesting? I might be wrong about this. To the listeners at home, let me know if I am. But I'm pretty sure Shoshana, A, starts the fight. Well, I guess she doesn't technically start it, but she goes nuclear first. And then she's also the one to leave first. Yes. So that's too much for her. Yeah. And that's actually a good transition to the last episode, which is uh, Japan. And I was thinking about Japan because you were talking about packing up your bag, checking your bag on TSA, and all that stuff, and you're like, because you're going somewhere, and you don't have ev- you don't have room for everything. Yes. Um, that's kind of what Shoshana does, albeit doesn't end up that she stays in Japan. But f- as far as her character arc goes, pretty much. Remember pretty much. I, how I talked about Shoshana kind of being a character that's connected through her cousin Jessa being Hannah's best friend. So she's yeah. kind of just there by necessity. Like I'm just here because I'm a cousin. Yeah. So the. She gets to the point where she graduated college now after after kind of losing her way because she was getting in relationships and fucking and losing her virginity and doing all kinds of stuff. She was like trying to live at the speed of hand and all these neurotic crazy girls. Which yeah, is pretty something much. she kinda of addresses in the lake house. Yeah. Uh, and now but she now she's had it. And so she finds a job 
a, a, a job that she likes. She clicks with the interviewer, uh, and who is A.D. Bryant, who's fucking amazing. Uh, also watch Shrill. If you yeah. Have Shrill's fucking amazing. Um, but Funny anyway, uh, A.D. Bryant gets her a job, and then she goes to Japan. She's like, Are you, would you be cool working in Japan? And so Shoshana goes to Japan to work for this like media company or something like that. And that like is a dream job. Maybe it's a dream job because I want to be Shoshana. Maybe it's a dream job because I study Japanese and I'm currently still studying Japanese. Maybe so it's like, but I was like, damn, I just I watched that episode over and over and over again. Like it's unhealthy how much I watch it. I watch it so <laughs> much that I like my favorite, some of my favorite songs in the world come from that episode. But also, one of my favorite songs was just naturally in the episode without me, without, it came first. The song was my favorite first. My mm. dog is named Bowie, and I and one of my favorite songs will always be Life on Mars. And there's an Aurora version of that song in that episode. And that's like mm. one of my top five songs. Yeah. It's, my, I have a it's, it's a couple songs like no matter what movie they're in it'll become my, it'll be my favorite movie and whatever version it'll be is my favorite song and Life on Mars is that which is why I love um, Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou I love this episode of Girls I love the fucking freak show um, American Horror Story they all have different versions of the song wow that's Same awesome with like can't uh, oh my gosh can't take my eyes off of you Anytime I hear that song, whether it's Muse or Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons yeah. or Lauren Hill singing it, it's fucking my favorite. Yeah. But that's, anyway, that's, oh, that song that's is, some great talented people doing that song. Great also. talented people. I can't take my eyes off of you. Is also in Girls. It was in the episode I think like right after, or two after, or something. Yeah. Oh, that's a great use of that the, song, too. Maybe the last season? I it's, think it's the last, last season. No, it's the last episode of this season, season five, which honestly could have been the finale of the show, um, arguably better than the, the actual finale of the show. There's a whole other season after that, though. Yeah. But, but yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I feel I, you. I think that was a pretty yeah. great ending. If you just stopped there, that would be good enough. Just we're done, and who knows what happens yeah. next. Uh, but yeah, so Shoshana is in Japan. She's having this whole, like, this life is great. She's like, it's kind of having this, maybe this, this well-they-won't-they fling with this, this Japanese artist guy who like likes certain music and stuff like that. And she has friends there. She's kind of living the life. She goes to like little freaky like underground like sex shows. Like she's just living, the, she's just having an, an experience. But yeah. she also has like a boyfriend back home, at the, which is uh, weird, strange because she's been having relationship issues too with a lot of characters in the show. Mm. But she doesn't want to go back. Like, yeah. she gets to the point where she gets laid off from the job because they tell her, like, they don't have enough, they're not making that much money, so her job is kind of gone. And the delivery that a. Brian gives is, like, it's so fucking funny. She's like, no, we're not firing you. It's just, like, we're an end managing of you out. Managing you out. And, like, it's the end of, like, your relationship with us and your job. And, like, <laughs> it's, like it's just great. Yeah. But she's basically, she's getting laid off. But so she funny. gets so sad she doesn't want to go back. Um, and she doesn't immediately. The boyfriend's waiting for her at the airport because she tells him she she got laid off. Yeah. And he's waiting there for her. She doesn't show up. So she just stays a couple more days. I don't even remember what happens from there. Um, she stays a couple more days. She goes and tries to kind of slightly pursue that 
the guy. But then yeah. she also meets up with Eddie Bryant at like a cat cafe or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. kind of like that that is what I I also relate to a lot is because she has this moment where she just says no to the going back to the relationship, back to the safety net, because this guy owns his own company or something mm. like that. So she could just be like, I don't need a job. I'll just go back to him. Yeah, I but think he says, like, I'll take care of you I'll and I'll ta- be fine. Yeah, I'll take care of you. But she's like, fuck that. I don't want to be taken care of, which is such a great character change for her, mm. which is why I think this was should have been near the end of the show. Yeah. Because they try to re-emulate that again. They just do that again with her in the next season. Pretty I'm much. Like, like, yeah. But you already did it. Uh, she already grew out of her, her traumas. But the... She doesn't want to be taken care of, which I remember initially introduced as a Jewish American princess, that archetype. So now she's like, I'm not a princess. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to go on my own. You know, this is her, I can go the distance, fucking, you know. Hercules. Yeah, this is her, can't let it go, let it go, going through the fucking snow and shit. Yeah. Shit. Like, is she a her lesbian Disney or is she not? sing along moment. <laughs> yeah, basically. Disney, <laughs> Disney sing along, is she a lesbian moment? Um, but. I relate to that so much, but then also that reconnect she has with Aidy who fired her and they kind of become friends and close and they're chill still. It's like she understands that this is like a, a springboard to the next step of her life. Mm. And like, it, and then that, just relating to that and how this episode starts with her being in, really immersed in Japan and it ends with her having to come back to New York and she's like wearing her like Japanese regalia. She has like her little cat ear headphones on, mm-hmm. her little Hello Kitty backpack, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. It's like she has she has to go back into this world, but she doesn't go back into the world empty handed. Like just cause just right. cause that moment ends, just cause the Japan moment ends for her and she no longer has that job. It's not like she just gets a memory wipe, like men in black, Will Smith came in there and was zapped her ass. And she just forgets everything. <laughs> she she gets to retain all that experience. In time and those physical elements of, of Japan, and bring that back to her life in New York. So now she's a new person. She's not Shoshana who left yeah. on the airport. She's Shoshana who's arriving to back to New York. So like I, I have no other choice but to think of my experiences like that growing up and becoming an adult because I've had jobs I was laid off of, media jobs that gave me dumbass excuses like she got in the show. <laughs> Like, we don't have enough money. I'm like, well, then find money, motherfucker. Shit, that ain't my problem. <laughs> the hell you telling me you ain't got enough money? You're going to fire me. Like, <laughs> that yeah. sounds like something you need to fix. Who counting the money? Shit. <laughs> I hate that shit. Anybody who's ever been laid off, have you, have you ever thought that? You're like, why are you telling me, like, oh, we have an internal problem. We're not doing that good job of, of managing that the company. you should so, be fired. <laughs> yeah, you should be fired. It sounds like you fucked up. I should not be laid off because you fucked up. Yep. Uh, So, yeah, fix it, America. Um, But... 100%. That... I... Having those experiences in my life, the best way I was able to move on or move to the next step was seeing it as, oh, this is a springboard for the next step. This is what's something that's going to lead me to this next journey. Or it's going to help me remember something that I I should have never forgotten in the first place. Yeah. Like who I was from the beginning. I might have lost sight of something. I was walking through this hallway, and I knew which room I was supposed to go to. I knew where my destination was, but I started getting enticed by the other doors because they were colorful. I heard great things behind them, so I started opening other doors, you know, on the way to my destination and yeah. lost sight of where I was going. So I got lost for a little bit. That's that's the hard part about an adult because you being becoming an adult because you you think you're so sure of yourself and where you're going, and when those hardships happen, like when you do lose your job, like. Or, or something, maybe you get another job and you you find yourself enticed by those doors like you're talking about, 
you can get really easily distracted and say, hey, maybe that thing that I thought I wanted wasn't what I wanted and it's just the thing that brought me to this door. But if you stop in that door, maybe you don't end up um, at the end of that hallway where you actually get the thing you really wanted. Yeah. And it's hard to make that call because so often growing up into before you become an adult or before you graduate high school and then go on to college or, or not, it's so linear. It's so guided for you. And then once you're in a point where it's not linear and it's actually flat, it's an open world RPG <laughs> and you have infinite choice, you're kind of like, well, shit, which one is the best? Man, I'm telling you, that's why my favorite games are RPGs. It's not, it's not by accident. It's all by design. I, I, I sometimes like to believe that if you look at some of your favorite things, whether it's your music tastes, your video game tastes, your types of movie tastes, your types of books, the friends you like to hang around, the way you operate with your family, all these things, if you start to look at them, there's going to be aesthetics that are, uh, there's a through line for all, they all where it connects all of them. And you're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. It's probably a reason why I like to play RPG games where you start off in the world with very little things and you have to gain experience. And once you gain a certain amount of experience, it makes the game easier, but it can be really hard in other spots. But then after a while, the linear uh, element of it drops and now it's an open world and you got to find all the treasures in the, in the side quest. And you can get distracted, but you know they're how to beat, the, you know you're going to go somewhere specifically to beat the game. Right. In the midst of that, you want to be a completionist and try to get all the fucking, you know, mini games and super weapons and shit. So it's like it's hard I, to be a completionist in real life. Man, <laughs> a completionist in real life, like completing life is death. Yeah, that's true. So calm, like some people calm the fuck down. You don't want to, you don't want to win this game <laughs> yeah. unless you're ready to go. Unless you're 99 years old or something, and you've you done everything you need that to do. Is, that is something that happens in video games. Like, when you get really, really good, you've got, like like you said, like, 999999 gold and, and, and all the items and all that stuff. And then Top you level. get to the end of the game, and then you're like, what was it all for? I feel like that's what happens with really rich people. Where if you forget to have fun in the game your whole the, the whole way through, and you just get obsessed with getting all the treasures, by the time you get to the end, you must be kind of like, damn, that was it. Yeah, this is why I don't play multiplayer games online, MMOs, because those people just run around PvP just sniping people. That's true. That's true. The people with the best items are just assholes. Just assholes. <laughs> they just kill other people. Uh-uh. uh-uh. I don't, why, why play an MMO when we living in one? Fuck that. Hell no. I, that me, is such a good let me, argument. Let me play these, these single-player games so I can just live my life in my bubble and be fine. If I die, I die on my own terms. Not because someone's running around with fucking legendary armor just smacking people in the head. Fair enough. For no reason. They could, they could distribute all their armor that they don't even use and make the whole, the whole team or the whole guild good. But they're like, no, no, I'm going to keep it for myself. I only can wear this one piece of armor at, the t- at a time, but I'm going to keep all the other ones to myself. Oh, man. Snipe, 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 snipe. There's a lot, yeah. There's See, a lot think about that. it. So, yeah, that's like... Layers. <laughs> layers to that. Layers. Uh, it's, it's very much how I, how I operate with all the moments in my life, or at least on how I'm trying to operate. I'm not saying I got it all fucking figured out, because if I did, I wouldn't even be doing this fucking podcast, to tell you the truth. <laughs> if, I, if I had it all figured out, my black ass would be living in like France somewhere, doing my James Baldwin shit, pretending like... America don't even exist, uh, but I I do my best to try to, to to squeeze out whatever fucking lemon juice I can out of these out of these fucking dried up ass negative lemons like whether it's laid mm-hmm. off from a job, losing my relationships, 
uh, being single or having money problems, all these different things. I'm like, they, they're lessons to teach me how to get to the next step. And I need to not forget how I got there because that's the best way not to go back there if it's if it hurt. Or I need to know how I got there and how to get back there if it was good. Like yeah. don't don't forget how where you came from or where you've been because like are you gonna go back to that on accident or never know how to get back there? If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that that episode is probably like the the my top episode of the show because I'm biased, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a motherfucker. Yeah. But yeah, the show overall just has that feeling and vibe that is so easy to relate to, even though it's for white girls. Basic ass white girls, the basic of the basic, because as each one of them deals with such interesting quirks or or character traits or tropes that I'm like, damn, we all we all are going through that. Yeah. The problem with a lot, I think a lot of things with the problem with our society is that men think that we are so far away from being like those four girls. Like, there's no fucking possible way, bro, I could ever be like Hannah Horvath or like Shoshana, dude. I'm not a fucking Jewish princess, mm. and I'm not like a, you know, a short, stubby girl. Like, I'm a man's man. And it's like, <sighs> that's the that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> because Hannah, Shoshana, Jessa, all of them, their lives were harder because of those fucking guys who couldn't fucking get connect with their emotions. It's true. They were... <laughs> <so>. <laughs> no doubt. And... I think there's a there's an air of entitlement and dealing with entitlement in that show, which is nice. It's like it doesn't confront it head on all the time, I don't think. But like all all of those characters are like entitled thinking that their own stories are the most important or the most interesting. And I think everyone falls into that trap, especially as millennials. We we're we're constantly told to like write our own life story and our own narratives in social media and in our work and and you know if you work in entertainment or or information or or just marketing or anything you're constantly you know writing one narrative or another whether it's yours or it's like marketing and selling stuff um so we're constantly being told to to be entitled to our own stories but it's very rare that you have like the self-awareness to call yourself out on stuff, um, which I which I have a lot of respect. I think people are really critical of Lena Dunham because of maybe what she looks like or what she represents, and I think that she gets a bad rap. I actually want to stand for Lena Dunham. Like, yeah, maybe she said some dumb stuff or done some dumb stuff, but, like, the, she, she is incredibly talented and incredibly brave. Yeah. Um, for calling herself out. And she seems like she's one of her own hardest critics. So I think you got to give her some respect for that. But see, I think sometimes our world, be, people are so afraid. That, yeah, this is They're afraid of that level of honesty. I think you're right. They, or self-awareness. Because then they think they have to do it. Like, yeah. uh, it, recently, I don't, I'm, I hate having to call her blah, but my mom, like, it was all of a sudden, my mom reaches out to me, my sister reaches out to me, and, like, my brother kind of vaguely reaches out to me or something. I'm like, what did I do? Did I, oh, my God. And they're like, are you okay? And shit, I'm, like, thinking, like, oh, I did something bad. I'm like, did I put a suicide note on, like, Instagram or something? I don't know. Maybe I blacked out and did that. But, Damn. Uh, no, they're just, like, apparently someone in my family, or a friend of a family or someone is, like, was concerned telling my mom, my mom or family, like, talking about how my back kind of more or less, like, 
oh, is he okay or whatever because of like things I'm posting, like sharing with my life. Like, oh, he, why is he sharing all this stuff? Did you know that he's bi or something? You know, like, mm. like trying to rat me out. Well, for one, I'm 33 goddamn years old, so do rat everything you need to rat out. But the fuck, like, yes, mom, I smoked weed like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're gonna do. I'm a grown ass man. But no, the the on top of that, it was just so interesting because of how. I feel like there was a there's probably a fear of people being like Mike is sharing so much. Do you have to share everything in your life? Why do you do that? It's not people's business because they're so afraid of either getting close to them, or or making them have to look in a mirror and be like, "Am I really hiding behind so much that this kid who's a lot younger than me he's able to fucking let it all out and let it go? Why can't I do that? Am I am I afraid? Am I fearful? Am I scared? Because that's most of the time ignorance. All of our ignorance and hate and our hatred and our phobias and stuff. That's why it's called homophobia because mm, it's like it all it all stems from fear of what yeah. you don't know or what you don't want to know. You trying their best. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm terrified of it. That's why you got these fucking rappers and shit, the baby and all that. We know what, you're just scared of it because it makes you have to, to deal with and unpack shit which you don't want to unpack. Mm-hmm. When you see Lil Nas X dancing in the music video with a bunch of naked, butt naked men, it goes, damn, am I doing that to women? I don't want to think about that. Little the baby or little Nas X, that's, that's, how dare you have gay men on TV? My kids don't need to see that. I'm like, oh, your kids don't need to see uh, a, a, a man living his truth and just dancing with other men, that's it, and just showing, living his freedom and living his life and being happy. They, the kids need to see that, but they need to see a song about you fucking multiple women and, like, being a pimp and, like, not, not having any bitch to tie you down. Like, what the mm. fuck? Like, what, we, what message? I'm, like, stick to the messages we need to stick to then because, like, it's, it's so confusing to me. So whoever this family member or whoever this person was that tried to call me out, for oversharing or whatever, they're probably someone who, one, is in everyone's business. Because mm. the only reason why they're talking to my mom or caring about me is because they're gossiping. Yeah. So you, oh, you, you mad at me for oversharing? You sharing my business to my mom and dad. Yeah, how is you that? oversharing so badly, you sharing somebody else's shit. <laughs> yeah, that is over oversharing. Over oversharing. I don't even know who you are. I don't even care. Like, about whatever you're doing. I don't give a fuck. Because I promise you, if I even knew who it was, I could read them from top to bottom. Tear the ass up. Because I know ain't nobody. Ain't nobody perfect in my family. Because if somebody was perfect in my family, once again, I'd be in Paris doing the James Baldwin shit, living the lavish <laughs> life. But I'm not. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's so interesting how people are so driven by the fear, whatever it may just, I guess, being able to face reality, to have those hard conversations, to grow up and become an adult, mm-hmm. that we are, that we try to dim other people's shine, or mm-hmm. we try to hurt other people, or we try to cut people off from having that conversation, because we're, I'm so uncomfortable, I don't want to do this, yeah. and, and, and having my mom tell me about that, I'm just like, that made me, I was like, you, do you know what's going to happen now? You know, you know, if you tell me, oh, somebody in our family doesn't like you sharing everything. Now I'm going like, to over, over, overshare. Uh, yeah. They done fucked up now. And I'm going to be little Nas X too. I'm going to have a music video. I'm going to be butt naked in the, in the locker room. <laughs> I'm going to do this podcast butt ass naked now. And I'm you gonna are a, right now. You're yeah, currently I'm, I'm butt ass naked. Butt ass naked right now. And I got a man and a woman sucking on my neck as we speak. No, uh, <laughs> I was wondering why you were developing these large lumps on the side of your neck. Yes. That can't be good for someone to just suck on you all day. There's these large hickeys. No, but yeah, I just I'm gonna I'm gonna keep living my truth. I, the ball yeah. has already started rolling, 
So I can't stop it now. The Baldwin has already started rolling. Baldwin has already started rolling. Rolling all the it way across the is. Atlantic. I, I've, I've, I've entered a place of comfort uh, in this adult life that I have created for myself that I'm like, I can have these fucking conversations so that other people don't have to. And yeah. it ain't going to always be about black versus white. It ain't going to always be about gay versus straight, bi, whatever. It's not going to always be about the politics of of class inequality or gender inequality. It's not going to always be that. Sometimes it's going to just be like, I really like this fucking TV show. You should watch it too. But I hope that the way that the conversation is delivered and the way that I can go from zero to a hundred back to zero, people can also see that, that that is possible. It's like, you don't, you don't go from zero to a hundred and you just stay there and then everyone's dead. And like, yeah. <laughs> like and it's like, you can't ever go back down. Like, that's not how shit works. You see, you, everything is like a scale. It's like, it goes up and down. Yeah. You can bring it back. You can come back from it. This cancel culture is not real. Yeah. <laughs> not even canceled people are really canceled. Unless you're in jail. Yeah, but that's what the law should be for. Yeah. The full law, not half the law, not a quarter of it, not just the police officer doing being the judge and the executioner. The whole law, the whole yeah, process, the whole system, the whole system, without the fucking racist flaws and sexist flaws. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just I think that's you- what being adult, an adult is, isn't it? It's being able to go from zero to a hundred and back to zero because you've got responsibilities. Yes. God, you still you like you got to keep the the food on the table or the wheels on the bus, whatever metaphor you want to use, mm-hmm. or literal job yeah. that people have. Don't perceive zero as nothing. Perceive zero. Were you, t- as were you like, telling me that? Huh? Were you telling no, me? No, I'm not telling you. I'm saying in general. Oh. Like I think people sometimes people are afraid of zero because they 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 might perceive that as like nothing, inadequacy. Mm. Like worthlessness, emptiness, but I'm like, no, that's just base. That's just that's your baseline. That's just what that's your constant. Yeah. So it could be all kinds of things. It could be like, I need to go back down to zero zero. For me, it's just being chill, like being close to my family. You know, a couple of select friends and just watching TV and just not being stressed out. You might need yeah. to go back down to that. Yeah. Sometimes you can go party and go wild and go buck crazy, or you can go work forty hour work week and then not get any sleep and shit. Or you can get it, you can bring it back down, go back to zero for a little while, and, and reconnect, ground yourself. It's like a grounding number for me. So yeah, it's not it's not nothing. That's why I think I'm not afraid. I've entered a place where I'm not afraid to enter that extreme vulnerability because I know that it doesn't mean that I it is nothing. Yeah, it's actually my my baseline, my grounded zone. Where I'm like I'm just gonna go back there because that's where it's safe. I know I know if I let it all out and be vulnerable that I I can go back. I can rise back up from that. I've done this enough. I've hit rock bottom enough. I know what that shit looked like. I lived down there before. I got some stuff laid still down there. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little uh, tent down yeah, there. Yeah, I got a little could... cute room. I got a little cot. I got like a little, uh, little, little uh, makeshift stove. I got all kinds of shit down at rock bottom. I know how to live there. Yeah. So I'm not afraid to be in that space. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, or leave us a five star review. For more, go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.